just like, you know, very spiritual, very, you know, jovial uh, energy. And then she shared uh, about some serious stuff. And I just thought that like, God, what, that's like the power of this program. You know, it's like, it's like, you could be, just be going through some really tough stuff in life, but this program just gives you life and spirit. And, uh, and I just thought I, I would love um, her to share at this meeting. And I'm super grateful uh, for that. So uh, please help me to introduce Jody. I can't see anything. Hi, everybody. I'm Jody, and I'm an alcoholic, and I am so grateful that I was invited to join all of you tonight. Um, this helps me in my recovery so much because I've learned to just be honest and humble and share what's on my heart. Um, my sobriety date is February 10, 2019. I first came into the rooms in 2010, and for eight years, I tried to do it my way. I tried to control my drinking. I tried to do everything described in chapter three, to drink only wine with dinner, to drink only beer at the football games, to drink only two drinks, to drink water in between. I mean, I tried everything. And for very short periods of time, just like the book tells us, it would work until it didn't because I don't have that off switch. I don't drink like a normal human being. I am described exactly as the book lays out. I have a phenomenon of craving and I get that first drink in me and I immediately start thinking about the next drink. And then enough is never enough. And when that was really clear to me was on a vacation in Cabo at an all-inclusive resort where I'm sitting at the pool and I'm seeing all of these people with their wristbands on that they can drink anything that they want all day long, as much as they want, unlimited alcohol, and nobody's drinking. And I'm just like, I don't understand why is nobody drinking like they're able to drink all they want i would have them line up along my pool chair you know but then it just came over me like they're not alcoholic like it's the middle of the day it's 10 o'clock in the morning it's two o'clock in the afternoon they don't need to drink to have fun and i could not conceive that i thought giving up alcohol meant never having fun again. And when I really looked at what fun means, um, I saw how I was not having fun. I was just getting drunk. I was not establishing relationships with people. I would be listening to someone talk to me at a party and they could be telling me about their mother dying of cancer. And I'd be like, hold that thought. 
grab another drink. You know, I mean, I, I just, I could not focus on anything but alcohol. And um, where that has gotten me today, it destroyed my marriage of 20 years to a man that I still love more than anything. But he had to leave me to protect himself. He, he could not take seeing me deteriorate into my disease any longer. And he could not continue, in his own words, what he told me when he left me, he could not continue to lie for me and make up excuses for me and hide my drinking from our children. You know, he had just had enough. And, and we destroy the people that we love. Um, the people that are closest to us, the people that we care the most about, alcohol made me treat them the worst because I felt like I could get away with it. My ego was so enormous that I didn't think there was anything I could do to make my husband leave me. I thought I could get away with murder. And I thought that he would always stand by me. But he's only human, you know? And um, he didn't deserve that life. And today, instead of me victimizing myself and saying, you know, my husband walked out on me, he cheated on me, he lives with that other woman, which all of that is true, I get to say, my husband couldn't deal with my alcoholism anymore. And just like the book says, they find the girl that understands. They find the person that they can pour all of their problems out to. And, you know, I just have to let that go. I have to let that marriage go. I have to let that relationship go. I'm still working on trying to forgive myself because I, I live in a great deal of shame. And um, that shame has me bound up with two adult children that will not have anything to do with me. Um, I'm three years and nine months sober today and they still don't trust me because 20 years of drinking and debauchery and lying and hiding and sneaking around does so much damage to people. And as my sponsor so eloquently tells me, they're barely peeking out from under the bed right now. Like they still don't trust me. And um, my oldest are 24 and 27 and I was not allowed to go to either one of their weddings sober. I have not had a drink in over three and a half years and they, one just got married Labor Day weekend and still 
told me I'm having enormous anxiety of thinking, just thinking about you being there. Um, so I'm able to accept that with grace. I'm able to understand that this is the wreckage of my past. This is not something that she's doing to me or at me or against me. She's just wanting to have a beautiful wedding and be herself and love that day without feeling judged or condemned. Or I could also look at it that maybe she's afraid that would be the time that I would relapse. You know, maybe she loves me enough that she wants me to stay sober and she knew that there would be lots of drinking at the wedding. So, you know, changing that perception and being able to see the good in everybody instead of she wouldn't invite me and she hates me and she doesn't want me there, but special day and when I was raising her I didn't make her feel good about herself I didn't do that on purpose but that's the reality of having a mom that put the drink in front of you you know if you put a drink in front of me I couldn't see anything past it and I'm very embarrassed I'm very ashamed about that but with you, my people, I can share that and I can still hold my head high because I know it's not me that's a bad person. It's my disease that made me sick. And it's my disease that made me selfish. And um, I worked the steps the first time all the way through with one sponsor and that relieved me of a great deal of my alcoholic thinking, my alcoholic sickness, um, relieving me from the obsession to want to drink. Now I'm working the steps a second time with a second sponsor and it's completely different. It's a whole new experience. And from my own personal experience, I highly recommend when you finish those 12 steps, give yourself a breather and work them again. Because that onion with the layers that we peel off, like you just explore so much more of yourself. And this time, when I read the book, I replace the word drinking with thinking because I don't crave that drink anymore. I don't obsess over drinking anymore, but my mind still needs a lot of work. And my mind is so codependent where my happiness depends on how good you make me feel. When my daughters call me, I'm happy. I'm on top of the world. When they don't call me, I'm devastated. I'm left out. I'm rejected. I'm alienated. 
So what I work on today is continuing to change my perception that I get to be happy, joyous, and free without them in my life. And that's what's so hard for me as a mom because a mom wants nothing more than to go to her daughter's weddings. A mom wants nothing more than to be the mother of the bride. A mom wants nothing more than to have all her little chickens in her nest with her. But I drank all that away. I didn't lose it. I didn't give it away. Alcohol took it from me because I chose to go out partying and go out with my girlfriends and go to Bunko and be on a bowling league and drink, drink, drink over being home cooking dinner for my kids, over being home watching a movie with my kids. Like alcohol was my priority. And now that all of that's gone, I have to work on my codependency. I have to learn that this program is my support and it allows me to live a glorious, beautiful, sober, blessed life without relying on anybody else to make me happy, without relying on the way someone looks at me to determine how I feel about myself. And all of that spiritual healing, all of that godliness that we get from our higher power exudes from us. And I am so, so grateful for all of you being on here tonight. You know, Susan, I just met at the AA convention and like, you know your tribe. When you meet people, like immediately reconnected. And Lindsay, I sat next to her in Florida at an AA women's retreat. And it turned out we were both from Southern California and immediately we connected. And she reached out to me to celebrate her two year birthday. So I reached out to her to let her know I was speaking tonight. And then Fernando, he asked me to speak on my one year birthday in Southern California. And to think that now I'm almost four years. I mean, the miracle of this program to just keep coming back, to share from your heart. Because when I was able to hear the shares the night that I met, our host. It was so freeing because it was another mom sharing that night about questioning her love for her children. And you know, we feel like we're not allowed to talk about that stuff. But in these rooms, other moms get it. Other dads get it. Like, People relate to what we say when we're hurting. And by sharing it, it takes the power out of it. I don't have to live with that because I share it with God and I share it with another human being. And it releases the power into the universe. And I'll close with what I'm working on now. My sponsor has directed me to 
love through the universe to my daughters. Send that energy of loving them as the mom I want to be. Because when I'm angry and I'm resentful and I'm mad, they feel it without even talking to me. So again, I change that perspective. When I love them and when I bless them and when I go to bed at night and say, I wish you all the happiness in the world and someday I hope to be in your life, they feel that. And I am so grateful. Thank you for asking me to share. Wow. Uh, thank you, Jody. That was amazing. Um, do you have a topic? Yes. I would love the topic to be letting go, where we can just let go of those things that we're holding on to that bind us up. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando. I'm a colleague. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I apologize for the background noise. I'm in the hotel out in the balcony of the uh, Waikiki Hilton. The reason I'm saying this is because I do a lot of service work and I got invited by the sponsors and his wife, me and my wife, for two weeks now. And we do this every other year and it's been about five, six times. Sometimes I come to the convention when it's convenient and the uh, Hawaii convention, the first one I came to, there were 1,200 people just enthusiastically revived my program. I highly recommend it. It's usually around Halloween time that the uh, convention is done. You can easily uh, AA convention in Hawaii and put the year that you're looking to come. Save your money. Save about $300 a month. And it's a done deal. All right. Today, the story comes to us through... I'm going to be reading a story about someone else's recovery by Lynn W., from Billings, Montana, she wrote in a letter, and she says, she calls it tough love. And the reason I'm reading it, I read about three of them, and this one really speaks a lot of truth for a lot of people. Uh, You know, we're stuck in our own thinking and our own reasoning, and that is not what God desires for me, for mankind. He desires that we grow like oak trees. We continue to grow all of our lives with new ideas, and new, new settings, new uh, rearrangings our thoughts and allowing him to be part of our life. Here we go. Tough love. This article, the kindness kept her. The, I'm going to use a, a mail because I'm going to send it to my AA buddies. The, the kindness kept him coming back. It was the members who told him the truth that saved his life. Relapse is a big part of my story. For my first year and a half in AA, I did not stay sober between meetings. At one point, I stopped picking up 24-hour chips because I accepted I was going to drink on my way home from the meeting. Still, the people in my local AA community just told me to keep coming back. I remember specifically hearing about the third tradition, which states that, that all 
and alcoholic needs is the desire to stop drinking in order to be welcome in the rooms. Old-timers pointed out that if an alcoholic could quit drinking by themselves, they wouldn't need AA. They said we all find AA at different times of our drinking lives. And sometimes we find the program while still drunk. It was me they were talking about because I was still there half drunk in the meeting. I was living, breathing example of the traditions and actions, and they made sure to point that out. I have since learned that I was a chameleon. chameleon. I had gone through my entire life by blending into my environment. But when I got to AA, I didn't understand that the people in meetings could see right through that. They've seen chameleons like me before. They knew the difference between quoting the big book and actually living the steps. I didn't know at that time that I wasn't fooling any of them. They weren't inviting me back for the pearls of wisdom contained in what I shared. They were inviting me back, hoping I finally get the message that would save my life. During that year and a half, the polite waiting room game played by some of my home group members began to wear off. These were the members who saved my life. I kept coming back because of the unconditional love, but it was the tough love that got through to me. They didn't miss words about what made a strong meeting. I was welcome to attend and encouraged to return, but they didn't want to hear a lot of what I had to say. They could see my misery on my face. They didn't need to spend any of the precious 60 meetings, minutes of the meeting hearing my drunk talk. At one point, when I did share, this one man told me that the program works better if you stay sober between meetings. One typical night, I picked up what was probably my 124-hour chip and bored the members with a long modeling share on how I really meant it this time. A lady stopped me after the meeting and said, encourage me to keep to me, keep coming back, she said. It's, it'll be okay. As she walked off, a guy standing nearby looked at me and said, no, it won't. It will never be okay for you if you keep doing what you're doing. Keep coming back, but know that it will never be all right if you keep li- listening to your own ideas. Another time, a meeting elder said I was totally full of shit. I actually tried to argue with, with him. Eventually, I did shut up long enough to hear the message that would save my life. I stopped trying to fake it or work a program I made up in my head. In the end, I did exactly what the big book said to do. I learned through hard-won experience that any idea I have that I can drink successfully will end in disaster. I spent my first year and a half in AA drinking, thanks in part to all of my wonderful ideas. Since I've been sober, I have felt compelled to remind people at meetings about the third tradition just as Soma did for me. I watch sponsees struggle with the sobriety part of our program, and I love them when they come back. I know I can't keep them sober because my first sponsor couldn't keep me sober either. I like to tell people that Bill knew what he was talking about in the third tradition. If an alcoholic is in the rooms of AA and can't quit drinking, then the best place for that person, that alcoholic, is to be is to be right there, right in the meeting rooms of AA. Woo, amazing story. Thank you. Thank you so much.
And that's my story too. And the undisciplined. I wasn't disciplined enough to put the fear of God into my soul that I would do my homework. I wasn't disciplined enough to take the trash out, change the light bulbs, clean the yard, cut the grass. I wasn't disciplined enough. So I'm telling you, it doesn't take much discipline, probably about three weeks with a little uh, a stick from the uh, tree and whip those little legs and put the fear of God that they must be responsible for what you tell them to do or else they'll suffer for the rest of their lives. You'll have a grown 68-year-old person telling you that. And don't be lazy. Don't be discouraged. Don't be, don't fear anybody. Common sense is kids need a good beating and you get the nonsense out of their heart. God bless you. Let's go ahead and close with the, with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Keep coming back. Oh, that's my God. I threw that in. God bless you. Take care. Don't don't uh, pluck me like a chicken. God bless you. Greetings, family. I'm coming to you from the Hilton in Hawaii, Oahu. Just flew in today. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I said to Hilton to give God the glory. I didn't know where I was going to stay. I'm over here in the balcony about the, uh, I don't know, 20th floor. It's a beautiful sight. I can see Diamond Head and all the boats and the uh, marina and the beach. Here we go. I'm going to be reading a story from Grapevine. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. I thought it was going to be quiet out here, but the noise travels. All right, this story is from us from John Kay from Ontario. Breaking the cycle. A member shares about compassion, chronic relapsing, and his longtime friendship with his AA buddy, Norm. My friend Norm died a few months ago. The death certificate doesn't say it, but he did die of alcoholism. We came into AA around the same time, 27 years ago. I managed to maintain my daily reprieve since then by embracing the ongoing spiritual quest for sobriety. Admittedly, I do better some days than others. Norm's struggle, he struggled for honesty, mostly with himself. It's no accident that honesty is repeated three times in this first paragraph of how it works. 
Norm's struggle to live in today. He was haunted by past failures and was seduced by the marriage of tomorrow. Mirage. He was always going to do things as in, I'm going to say, I'm going to start praying, he said. Or, I'm going to do my fourth step. Or, I'm going to make my amends. But somehow, going to was always left for tomorrow. Norm would get a three-month chip, sometimes a nine-month chip. He even got a couple of one-year medallions. Then he'll disappear. After a while, he'll show up again a few days or weeks later, physically, emotionally spent, and spiritually bruised, but determined to try again. AA had what he wanted. He knew that the actions and body on our steps were the solution. For whatever reason, he just couldn't break the cycle. Does that make Norm a failure? Norm died a tragic alcoholic death, but that doesn't cancel out the fact that when he was sober, he was a good son to his mother, a caring father and a good friend. Without AA, he wouldn't have had the last 27 years. Without AA, both Norm and I would have been dead a long time ago. Of course, our goal is a life of continual physical and, more importantly, perhaps emotionally sobriety. But if the only measure of AA success is those who never take another drink, then I think we're selling ourselves and our program short. I met people with punctuated sobriety. They string together a few days, then relapse and repeat the cycle several times. It's frustrating, sometimes heartbreaking, but it doesn't mean that these periods of sobriety aren't worthwhile. I also met people who had 20 or more years of sobriety and then picked up a drink. Some make it back to AA, some don't. It's a tragedy, but it doesn't negate all the good they did while sober. It's not a failure of AA or the individual. It's just more proof that alcohol truly is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And very, very patient. It's a caution to all of us never to take our sobriety for granted. I'm not trying to advocate or defend revolving door sobriety. I'm a first responder and I see too many dead alcoholics to do that. What I'm asking for is a little more understanding and respect for those who have interrupted sobriety. I always thought that a calendar is a lousy way to measure someone's progress or standing in the program. The emphasis on time is why some people who relapse after long-term sobriety find it hard to humble themselves and come back. I like to think I pick up a beginner chip if I slip, but how many people have fallen by the wayside because of their own pride and our expectations? I had never seen anyone who wasn't welcomed back after a relapse, but I also seen the sideways looks. I confess I'd done it myself. When the topic of real lives come up at meetings, is usually couched in terms of failure and shame. That too, that's too bad because we, we alcoholics are no stranger to self-loathing and we don't need anything that adds to that burden. Anyone who comes back to AA is a winner. That's the true measure of AA's success. John K. Ontario. That's a wonderful article because the uh, 
people don't forget what they learned the first time, you know. It's like getting burned or having a disease, you know. It's just uh, eating them up. But they do good. They do good. We do good. I'm a member that I did good the first year, nine years of my AA sobriety. And then I drank. But then my drinking didn't, didn't escalate to what it was when I first came to AA. But I still remembered a lot of the principles. I was a good son, paid taxes, helped my, my kids, helped the ex-wife, and did a lot of good in that period of time. And meaning as I was, I was a citizen, not causing any more trouble for the police. I'm very grateful for this article. I hope you enjoyed it. We read it today in Kauai at the uh, Drop the Rock meeting. Take care. God bless you. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. Let's go ahead and pray out with a serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Greeting. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando. I am an alcoholic coming to you from all the way live from Kauai, the northern island, the Red Rooster Island. The Garden Island, where they do all the filming for Jurassic and so forth and so on. I'm broadcasting from the gym. Opens at 5 in the morning. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me was the uh, listening to a podcast on YouTube that talked about two-minute goals. Two-minute goals. In other words, I touched the weights. Two minutes. The, the machines, two minutes apiece, two minutes apiece, two minutes apiece. You know, and that corresponds to the uh, to this gym membership that I used to have. <clears throat> every, you move every 30 seconds, you go like the bat of the hell for 30 seconds, and then you move to the next machine. Next machine, they had about, oh, I don't know, say had about 15 machines, and in half hour you were done. And it was for businessmen for the luncheon. And I used to do that, and they had music, and the music would tell you when to boo. All right, jump to the next one. And then the music would come on, and then jump to the next one. By the time you would move from one to other, you would get your rest. Scientifically, <clears throat> that's the way to do it, guys. 30 minutes are hard-hitting. Uh, 90 minutes, excuse me, 30 seconds are hard-hitting. And a minute and a half of rest, something like that. <clears throat> so... Or 90 seconds. All right. Let's go ahead and get on with our podcast today. Like I said, I am an alcoholic. Today I'm going to be reading some of the daily reflections and the 24-hour book coming into our day. So we have plenty, plenty of fuel for the day. Today, Right now we're going to read the 24-hour little book. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. A eight thought for the day. I can do things that I never did before. Liquor took away my initiative and my ambition. I couldn't get up on the steam, couldn't get any steam to get things started. Let things, I let things slide, let them go. When I was drunk, I was too inner to even comb my hair. 
Now I can sit down and do something. I can write letters that I need to be need to be written. I can make telephone calls that should be made. I can work in my garden. I can pursue my hobbies. I have the urge to create something that creative urge that was completely stifled by alcohol. I can activate that creative urge. I am free to achieve again. Fernando Alcoholic, have I recovered my initiative? Wow, looks like I, with this gym program that I have, I can, huh? Not that big of a deal. The, uh, the gym and the readings has to be fast, it has to be effective, and has to hit home for it to be, uh, to be, what we're trying to do is create a habit, a habit of recovery, physically, mentally, financially, and socially, through these podcasts. Amen. Meditation for the day. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand are pleasures forevermore. We cannot find true happiness by looking for it. Seeking pleasure does not bring happiness in the long run. Only disillusionment. Do not seek to have this fullness of joy by seeking pleasure. It cannot be done that way. Happiness is a byproduct of living the right kind of life. True happiness comes as a result of living in all respects the way you believe God wants you to live with regard to yourself and to other people. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may not always seek pleasure as a goal. I pray that I may be content with the happiness that comes when I do the right things. Amen. I'll go ahead and comment after I read the daily reflections. Today for the... um, for day four of November, a daily discipline. This is taken from the 12 and 12 traditions, page 98 says, when they self-examination, meditation, and prayer are logically related and interwoven, the result is an unshakable foundation to life, for life. Amen. Again, when they self-examination, Writing people, writing down and meditating and what your 24 hours has been, how you connected with God and how he and thanking him, how he answered some prayers and thanking him, how he kept you sober. Write it on your journal. That's your 10 step before we go to bed. You know, a tally of the day's events are logically related and interwoven and making a tally list of the things to do the next day, the night before. Okay. The result is an unshakable foundation for life, an unshakable foundation of confidence, and that you got a hold of this 24-hour periods that we're giving, and in increments of 24 hours we live. Okay, the Daily Reflections goes, goes on to say, the last three steps of the program involve God's loving discipline upon my willful nature. If I devote just a few moments every night to a review of the highlights of my day, along with an acknowledgement of those aspects that didn't please me so much, I gain a personal history of myself, one that is essential for my journey into self-discovery. I was able to note my growth or lack of it and to ask in prayerful meditation to be relieved of those continuing shortcomings that caused me pain. (laughs) 
Meditation and prayer are also teach me the art of focusing and listening. I find that the turmoil of the day gets turned out as I pray for his will and guidance. The practice of asking him to help me in my strivings for perfection puts a new slant on the medium of any day because I know there's honor in any job done well. The daily discipline of prayer and meditation will keep me in fit spiritual condition, able to face whatever the day brings without the thought of a drink. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. Outstanding readings for today. Gives us quite a bit for our for our recovery. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Father, we ask you, Lord God, we ask you to keep us sober. Keep me sober today, Lord. Keep me aware of all the benefits, rewards, and love that you have for me today to access it. Help me to stay joyful with you, Father, only with you and not pleasures and things. Help me to write down whatever I've done wrong and analyze it. What can I do better? For instance, if I ate too much chocolate pie the night before with friends, how could I have curtailed that? Maybe grab a cup of tea and find a way to stay to my goals, to not eat sugar. Amen. See how, uh, how good I can get by writing things down and making a plan for the next day to be attuned to my goals. Thank you, Heavenly Father God for this broadcast and for the people that are listening. Amen. Thank you, guys. I'm sure we can cover a lot more. But um, the beauty of it is uh, some people write down what they, what words they use for that day. Other people write down what they've eaten and or how their actions could have been better. All right, let's go ahead and move over to, we'll see what our sponsor, Solomon, has to say for today. Okie doke. We're going to read today's reading from Proverbs 2 and, Pro, excuse me, Proverbs 3 and 4. I believe I haven't. Yeah, let's go do 2, 3, and 4 from the uh, Good News Bible. And it's not coming up. Basically, Proverbs 2 says pay attention to your mom and your dad be aware of your influences remember that uh, anger and sloppy and evil living can contaminate us really easy that's why it's important we hang around with the 12-step program that us that are going in one change in our lives we have to see it uh, proverbs 3 talks about how we're to acknowledge God in all our affairs and he will lead us. In other words, Lord, I acknowledge you this day, Lord. Come to us, Lord, as the springs of the waters come, as the rain and the fall and the, and the seasons of water come. Show up, Father, and strengthen us today, we ask. Keep us sober. In other words, the presence of God will go before us if we acknowledge him. That's why it's important we say, I thank God I'm a misfit. I thank God I miss, missed it. That's the sure way of getting his presence and acknowledging truth in your life. That the fact is, is that we have to try, try, and keep on trying, 
trying makes perfect. Okay, do it again and again and again until we get it. All it is is we're learning how to play an instrument, and that instrument is called life. And practice, practice, practice. We're going to get uh, bleeding uh, knuckles. We're going to get <laughs> we're going to get uh, fingernails. You know, we're going to get scales scales on our fingers from playing and from exercising whatever topic we have to accomplish amen looks like i'm not recording anything here and with that proverbs 4 is stick to the program stick to the program whatever you do keep on sticking to the program all right let's go ahead and finish this I have a new phone and it's acting up. Uh, by the way, I'm here in Hawaii. I'm going to go heading over to Waikiki to the 12th Coconut Meeting. So I'll be reporting from there from Saturday. Today's Friday. Okay, I got the, uh, got the Bible verse up. Started working. Let me go ahead and just read today's. Proverbs 4, the benefit of wisdom. My children, listen to what your father teaches you. Pay attention and you will have understanding. What I'm teaching you is good, so remember it all. When I was only a little boy, my parents' only son, my father would teach me. He would say, remember what I say and never forget it. Do as I tell you and you will live. Get wisdom and insight. Do not forget or ignore what I say. Do not abandon wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will keep you safe. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. Whatever else you get, get insight. Love wisdom, and she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will bring you honor. She will be your crowning glory. Listen to me, my child. Take seriously what I'm telling you, and you will live a long life. I have taught you wisdom and the right way to live. Nothing will stand in your way if you walk wisely, and you will not stumble when you run. Always remember what you have learned. <clears throat> your education is your life. Guard it well. Do not go where evil people go. Do not follow the example of the wicked. Don't do it. Keep away from evil. Refuse it and go on your way. Wicked people cannot sleep unless they have done something wrong. They lie awake unless they have hurt someone. Wickedness and violence are like food and drink to them. The road of the righteous travel is like the sunrise, getting brighter and brighter until daylight has come. The road of the wicked, however, is dark as night. They fall because they cannot see what they have stumbled over. Again, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen to my words. Never let them get away from you. Remember them and keep them in your heart. They will give you life and health to anyone who understands them. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Never say anything that isn't true. Have nothing to do with lies and misleading words. Look straight ahead with honest confidence. Don't hang your head in shame. Plan carefully what you do, and whatever you do, you, it will turn out right. Avoid evil and walk straight ahead. Don't go one step off the right way. Amen. Good news translation, Proverbs 4 from our sponsor, Solomon. Let's go ahead and pray out with the Lord's Prayer. 
Thank you for coming to today's podcast. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Lord, help us to say sober today. Amen. In your name we pray. Thank you. Keep coming back. Give them heaven, family.